Well, hello, darlings. Welcome back to another episode of Seriously. It's July 19th. It's Thursday. It's a beautiful morning. Um, probably by the time you're listening to this, it's probably afternoon. Maybe it's night. Maybe it's not even Thursday, for God's sake. I could sing to you from one of my favorite musicals, um, Shirley Jones, singing Oklahoma. But I'm pretty sure that uh, my dog doesn't need to to have her ears bleed because um, I've been told I'm a pretty shitty singer, but whatever. I like to sing and I am freaking amazing. I kill it in the shower. Uh, so how are you guys doing? Yeah, lots of stuff, lots of stuff to get to talk about today, but um, I wanted to talk about the whole issue of fake news. I don't know if you guys have heard this, I'm pretty sure you have. Really? Fake news? Um, when I think of fake news, I think of like, uh, are we talking like Puff the Magic Dragon? Like he's a fake dragon, which when I was a kid, favorite movie. Um, but he was fake, right? I just, I hate that term. But let's talk about my experience with what is perceived to be fake news. And you can decide on how this term is being used, shall we? So thank you again, first and foremost, for spending your time with me here again on my little old podcast. Uh, I am always so thankful that you are giving me your time to listen. Um, I appreciate it. I really do. I, I just wanna say thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your feedback, your questions, your comments. It, it means so much. I've always had this dream to do uh, an outreach piece, whether it was podcast or newsletters or whatever. And I had st always started, but I never finished. And I'm really just thankful that you guys are giving me so much to grow and expand on and I hope that the information that I'm giving you in these episodes are helping you as well. But now we can move on from the warm and fuzzies to talk about the shit show uh, that I had dealt with last week. A um, little backstory before we get into it. I don't know if, if you've been listening along you know that I come from a small town our, um, our claim to fame is uh, multiple movies been made there, American Graffiti, um, I'm not even going to say, Howard the Duck, I know you all have seen that movie, right? I'm just kidding. Um, but also, what is uh, something that most people don't know is I do come from a large family. Uh, almost too large. No, I'm just kidding. Um, lots of cousins, all that good stuff. Grew up with the majority of them. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, well, I do talk about wanting to get out and strike out on my own. It's because of my experiences with my family, with my cousins, and growing up in a small town that, that shaped me, that molded me to who I am today. But... Going back to last week, I got an envelope in the mail. 
and it was a newspaper clipping. And I was like, oh, Jesus, what one of my family members killed the other one? I'm just kidding. We're not like that. Well, back at, back when I was a teenager, our family, Festas, and we're not Portuguese, we're Italian, uh, they got pretty heated. It was pretty awesome. I mean, there was always, you could always, if there were two specific people that were at the family shindigs. You could always guarantee it was going to be a, a brawl on some level. I'm just saying. And that always made it interesting, I'd like to say. Sorry, I had to have a little Java. But, so I got this newspaper clipping and I opened it up and I was like, oh, what is this? So I started to read. Now, it was a profile on, it was a, uh, a profile or this, this series, heavy finger air quotes, um, that the local rag was doing, um, the Argus Courier hat slash, uh, Pelima 360. That's their online persona. Um, they were doing a series on, um, the historic bars in Petaluma. So maybe most of you don't know that my grandfather and my uncle had a little watering hole called Mario and John's. And for 72 years, this business ran and thrived. My grandfather went to work every day up until pretty much the day he died. Um, and he was 93, 94, kind of a workhorse. He was a different duck. He was, he was very stern. Um, very good business. Uh, when I say very good business, he, he just was really good when, you know, I would sit and watch him and how he communicated with people that came into the bar was just anything less than a gift because he, well, it was like the cheers of Wilson and D streets, right? So... I, I I was always amazed and impressed by watching the people that came into the bar because it turned out to be their home away from home. And before my uncle had passed away, there was a grocery store attached to the bar. And it was the most amazing little tie-in corner store that you could ever go to the deli case would rival some of the bougie shishi italian markets that you go in and pay for their overpriced prosciutto today um i mean i have these amazing memories even into my teens sneaking off campus yes mom i, I totally sneaked off campus like like you're shocked you put personalized license plates on my life my car uh, and totally knew I was what I was doing. But how about this? I thought I was sneaking off campus and I would go over to the grocery store and get me a Copa sandwich or one of the big old hot dogs um, that my uncle would have. Say hi to my grandpa because um, there was a door in between the store in the bar where you could go, you could walk back and forth. And it was so funny because you, you had this, this sense of, Ooh, I wonder what's behind the door, but there was actually a door on the outside that you could get into the place. Good gravy. Inside that bar was, um, history. It, 
there was so much uh, family history in that bar, things that my grandfather had accumulated over the years. Um, many a fundraiser was had at that bar. Um, even after the passing of my uncle, my grandfather had purchased slash traded um, the property that he had with my aunt, my uncle's wife, so he could purchase the store piece or have the store piece and expand the bar and open it up. Um, so, and it gave way to more room, more parties. I, I, I can't tell you, there were, there were more 21st birthdays um, that were celebrated there. Uh, many a person had their first legal drink in the bar. Um, you know, if you were looking for your significant other, eh, you could probably bet that they were at M&J's. It was the place to go to sit amongst the who's who of Petaluma at the time. The dairymen um, would come and conduct their meetings. Ha ha. Um, you know, there were times that I would go to my grandparents' house and there'd be a hay truck parked in front of their house because the driver had pulled in to grab a sandwich and a pop and to basically commiserate with his friends. It was a meeting place. It was an institution. And I know that sounds like a lot coming from someone who was directly affected by that. But I mean, the other, the other brilliant piece of that was you would think that being from a family that owned a bar, that I would be a raging alcoholic. Nope, not even, not even close. I could, oh damn, I totally could. But going into a bar was no big deal. When I turned 21, I was like, eh, whatever. My friends went, I would go, but it was no big deal. I didn't have, you know, when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, before I was 21, to be able to go into a bar legally, I didn't have that yearning to go with my friends and sneak in because it just was no big deal. And two, if someone was in there that I knew, they'd go back and tell my family. And um, yeah, no thank you. That was the other fun piece about growing up in a small town. So I know you're probably wondering why I'm telling you all this before I really get in the meat of it and I'm at the 11 minute mark because I needed you to know about this little piece of my history and how a place could evoke so much happiness and heartache all at the same time. Um, but it was an institution. You know, people would stop by there on their way to the fair, on their way from the fair, um, after the rodeo. It, it was the, it just was a great place to be. Now, a few years ago, after my grandfather had passed away, my dad and my uncle made a run at running it. And... 
I totally get their sentiment um, about they didn't they didn't want to be my grandfather. They didn't want to be 93 years old and coming back and running the bar day to day and doing all that stuff because they both were retired from their jobs. They both had had you know successful jobs and at this point in their lives they were done. Um, grandkids had come or starting to come and they were at a different phase in their life. Um, so they decided to sell the business, not the building, but the business. And two young guys purchased the business and changed it. Now, I know you're probably going, oh, well, now you're getting a little bougie. Yeah, I probably am. I'm, I'm one about honoring the past and you got to hold on to it a little bit. Um, they completely gutted the place, uh, got rid of things that I was absolutely surprised. The big bay windows that were in the front were gone. I didn't recognize it. And I can honestly tell you that to this day, since they have taken it over, I have not walked in the place. I can't bring myself to do it. Does that make sense? A lot of my, a lot of my life was spent in the bar. And that sounds so, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm not like Tatum O'Neill. I'm not, you know, I'm, this is a pretty baby. I'm not like fishing people out of the bar. Um, though... I made some serious cash when I got my driver's license and I was like the DD, which was awesome. Anyway, uh, but it was the memories that were made there. And having that completely gutted and turned into some San Francisco shishi bar in this neighborhood that I basically grew up in, it just, it was like, my grandfather didn't exist, but they kept the name, which was amazing to me. And I kind of had hoped that they didn't. I would have preferred that they just put their own name. So they were riding on the coattails of my grandfather's 72-year-old business. Meanwhile, bastardizing the whole place and how they did things. Um, I've had friends go in there and say that it was different. Um even so far as saying that you can no longer get a Coors Light in that bar that they knew what you drank and you would, wouldn't have to make a fuss about ordering something. Now the atmosphere of the where the bartenders know your name and pride themselves on that has turned into something of a craft cocktails and beers and they have a a beverage, I don't even, I don't know, he's a fucking Duke of Earl, I have no idea what he does. Yes, I'm being very snarky, because there was an article done on the bar not too long ago, and which is the subject of, which I'm trying to get to, that basically the writer and the beverage director, okay, first of all, who the fuck has a beverage director at a bar? Okay, I'm just saying. But 
the writer and the beverage director painted Mario and John's at such a, they called it a dive bar. Uh, it was dark, it was seedy, it was secretive. Basically, everything that they said about my grandfather and uncle's bar was an all-out lie. Um, they painted it as just this complete shithole. And when I read the article, I couldn't get past the comments. And yeah, I'm emotionally tied to that. So of course I'm going to have an adverse reaction. There are people who have read it and went, oh, well, I don't, I didn't, I don't see why you're getting upset. Here's a tip. It ain't your fucking family. That's why. I know it's a little aggressive. Sorry. Sorry. I've only had a little bit of coffee and I'm doing this cleanse and oh, it makes me so irritable. But when I read that article, it just infuriated the fuck out of me. And it was like, hold up, wait a minute. Let me put some truth in it. Oh my God, see, I totally wrapped there. Oh. Anyway, uh, but seriously, talk about not doing your due diligence, not going back and actually getting the history correct. I know if you talk to Dottie and Dottie, my dad and my uncle, they probably wouldn't tell you a whole lot of stuff. Um, but there's so, there was so much that they left out, so much that they embellished just when it came to the bar itself. And then when the beverage director said that they were trying to uh, keep with the dive bar uh, feeling, or I, fuck, I, don't, I, can't, I can't even go there because honestly, it would take all of my being not to drive up to P-Town and sit in that bar and be the biggest effing a-hole they have ever dealt with. They want to see bougie. I could be fucking uh, extra. So extra and so extra bougie. Let me tell you. But that's not how I am. I talk a big game. But, I, but I'm not like that. So after I read the article and got super fucking pissed off. And, uh, I know I've told you guys this before, but I'm like the supreme black sheep of the family. If you lined me up with the rest of my family and you saw everything that we did and acted and lives and whatnot, I am so, so different than the rest of them, which is totally fine. I'm, I'm at this point in my life, I am absolutely okay with that. Um, you know, my, my cousins, hopefully they love me. But they, they love me for who I am. And I'm, I'm me. And they're them. And yeah. But I am a bit of a hothead when it comes to my family. And especially to the ones that I love. Um, and I have this like whole, I need to right a wrong bullshit thing in my life. I don't know why. It's just so wrong. I don't want to take on other people's issues. But I felt it necessary to write to the to the guy to 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 the author of the article and now I'm laughing because I'm like I was so fucking worked up it was insane it was so insane and wow um and normally I would have got my dad's blessing my mom's blessing before I sent it off but I was just so fucking pissed that I said oh no it's on and really 
it was over words. But they were talking about my family. What would you do if they painted your family in such a manner? Would you act? Or would you let it just fly? So I wrote my letter. And then I called one of my friends who, Pammy Pam, she tells me straight up. She, I mean, next to Rick, she'll fucking, she lays it out there. And not even on a platter. More like on a Dixie paper plate to say, this is the deal. You're off base. You sound like a nutbag. Or, that was amazing. You should send it. Um, I got C. That was amazing. You should send it. So I sent it to the author of the article. Um, and then I thought, and I need to tell my parents. So I called my mom and I told her, and before I could even get the words out, she had started talking about the article as well. And then I got text messages from friends who had seen the article and wanted to know what the fuck was going on. So it wasn't just me who had this reaction to the article. So I thought, okay, well maybe, maybe my craziness is justified, right? So I read the article to my mom and then I started thinking, I wish I would have put some other things in there. But I wanted to keep it short and sweet to the point because let's face it, anybody that gets an email that is, you know, slamming you for what you've done, you're not going to take the time to read it. So I just wanted to get my point across. So my mom says you should write to the letter to the editor because this clearly is a case of fake news. Well, what does fake news mean to you guys? Is it someone just completely talking shit? Is it someone embellishing the facts? Um, I, I, that I struggled with because it was like, this is one person's perception. This is, this is their perception of what the bar used to be like. Is it really on me to educate them about how fucking wrong they were? Or do I just let it go? Well, yeah, if you know me, I'll let shit go. I may make you think that I'm okay with shit. I may make you think that everything's all good. And for the most part, it usually is. But I don't forget. I don't forgive easily, but I do Definitely don't forget. I harbor a grudge like a motherfucker. Um, And I have super grudge-holding, passive-aggressive genes on both sides, so I'm just screwed. And you guys just might want to send condolence cards to Rick because that poor guy. Actually, I'm I'm pretty mellow these days. Um, So I wrote a letter to the editor. And I took my original email and I finessed it a little bit. Um, But not to embellish, but to give light to just a little bit more history that they missed out on. They didn't do their due diligence. They, They said things about a place that they clearly had never stepped in nor had had even encountered nor talked to because really the way they talked about the place, it degraded the memory, it insulted those who were related to, who frequented, and cherished the memories they had of that place. And I don't give a 
flying hooey dooey fucktardness what the two owners think about my letter I don't maybe they should have put a muzzle on their Duke of Earl beverage director and if you're gonna act like a San Francisco style bar then you better have some somebody in PR to help make sure that your employees don't sound like fucktards sorry a little bitter still working through it it's gonna be it's gonna be okay and I knew that exercising my voice speaking up it wasn't for anybody but me and remember that guys when you are speaking your truth when you are standing up for yourself for what is right that is what's most important you are empowering yourself you are giving yourself the right to speak up and defend yourself would it have been okay if I just went okay you're wrong but not said anything yeah I'm not built like that so not built like that so I did what I felt was necessary and honestly I was waiting for the why did you do that what the fuck were you thinking I, I mean I totally was waiting for that that didn't come because I wasn't belligerent in my response that's the other thing you speak your truth don't let anyone silence you but don't be belligerent that is the most important when you want to get your point across you do it in a mindful yet thoughtful manner and never ever be belligerent I got my point across so I sent my response to the editor didn't hear anything and honestly guys I didn't think I'd hear a GD thing I really didn't and then Monday I got an email and all it said was thank you for your letter uh okay what huh well he got it that's all I could think of okay he got it no big deal so this morning my madre calls me and then sends me a text message uh they printed my fucking letter to the editor <laughs> now I will tell you they edited my re reply okay um at the end of the day I whatever it is what it is but I got my point across and I exercised my voice and I spoke up and I spoke out and I and I spoke my truth and I'd like to think that somewhere somehow my grandfather is going mm-hmm that's how we do it if you let people walk all over you if you let people get away with saying untruths then we deserve what we get don't you think I truly believe that there is a manner there is a mode in which we stand up for ourselves and get our points across that has impact 
I used some pretty big words, so it made me sound like I was smart. Thank you, Google. No, I'm just kidding. I kind of I knew what the words were. Uh, but the moral of the story is, guys, you got to speak up. And it kind of goes that 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 saying of. Uh, nobody can talk shit about my family but me, which is the truth. I mean, that's really what it comes down to it. But I know, I know what goes on behind our doors. I've spent the time. Anybody writing about the bar clearly has not spent any time in there. Didn't see those people coming in and putting money in jars for fundraisers for someone who lost their wife or someone who lost their husband to help the family continue on. They did not see the chicken barbecue fundraisers after the golf tournaments that my grandfather would put on to to raise funds for the community. Nobody saw the, you know, the food being handed out to the neighbors. Um Nobody saw that. But you know what? I will always be here to remind. It's my history. Will you set and right the wrongs of your history? I think you should. Because if you don't speak up, someone else will. And clearly there's a big fucking example in the Argus Courier in Petaluma of that. Well, thank you guys for sticking with me. I know it's a long one, so hopefully if you're in your car, I've given you uh, some, you know, at least I've taken up some of the space on your drive. I may roam from my hometown. I may have done anything I could to get out of there. But at the end of the day, I I am still a small town kid who absolutely will go to great lengths to make sure that my history, my family's history is told correctly. And I'm very proud of everybody in my family, on my dad's side, on my mom's side, my cousins. And I'm proud to say that they're my family. They might fucking drive me crazy at times. But there's nothing that I wouldn't do for them. Because they're all amazing in their own right. And we got to grow up together. Thank you. Have a great day. And never let anybody tell your story. Make sure you tell it yourself. Bye-bye.